Zaddy Isaiah. You know who this is. Don't hide. Don't lie. This is the infamous Maiden Voyages, well-known, unhidden, unnamed individual. Also known to all the citizens of War Dog Nation as the War Dog himself. And no, I don't know how to do the whole Purple Pants podcast thing. But I can tell you, it's time for it. Get some! It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind, you better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack, you better hurry right back though. It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Won't you be my ally? Welcome to this week's episode of the Purple Pants Podcast. I am your host, Bryce Isaiah, and I am so excited that you are hearing my voice in your ear, in your car, in your kitchen, wherever you listen to my podcast at. It's such an honor always to be with you guys. Welcome to my Purple Pants Posse and welcome to all of the new listeners. If you could please, if you're listening to this podcast and you get something out of it, please subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, write a review, five star. Come on, give your baby boy some five stars and tell a friend to tell a friend. I truly hope everyone is doing well. You trying to enjoy what you can of this summer, being safe, living your best life, going back and forth with you, living my best life. Yes. What's been going on, Purple Pants Posse? You know me. I'm busy as a quarantine. I'm busy as a, busy as a quarantine. Be, be, be busy as a quarantine. Be. Oh, you see your baby boy that switched it up this week. But yes, I've been busy as always. As we wind down to the end of this month, baby boy, got to make sure he got his end of the month paperwork in. I've got some projects that I'm working on that I can't wait to you guys see. Been checking in with Barb, did a pop-up visit on my mom this week, was so excited to see her. I love her. I'm always thinking about her and I'm just sending her positive energy because she is amazing. What's up, Barb? But listen, Purple Pants Posse, I am so excited for this podcast. I know you like, baby boy, you say that all the time, but no, I am really excited for you guys to get into this podcast. I feel like it's a conversation that does not happen often enough, and it's not a conversation that people truly listen to or people understand. So for this podcast, I really want you to take something from it. I really want you to share it. I really want you to help me spread this message of allyship, of acceptance, of love, of be who you are despite what anyone says. Because it's a lot of naysayers out there. But guess what? Them naysayers, they not comfortable in who they are. And it takes a strong person to live in their truth. It takes a strong person to be an ally to someone. So this podcast is truly about allyship. Won't you be my ally? 
before I give you the rundown of this week's episode, I just got to let you know what your baby boy is wetting his whistle to today. So, you know, over here in Philadelphia and in this region of the country, we got this thing called Wawa. You don't know what a Wawa is, baby. You better check your life. This morning, I went and got a Wawa coffee and Big Bay, they had a peach. Oh, no, I'm, I'm lying. A blueberry cobbler coffee. Ooh. I went and got a 16 ounce of black coffee, got home. You know, I had to put some Southern pecan creamer in it. And oh, wait, let me hold on. Wait, let me hold on. Wait, hold on. Wait. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, that thing make me want to smack my mama. Barb, where you at? <laughs> yes. On this week's episode, we've got the church announcements. On the menu this week, I invited my good friend Wendell Holland and Rodney Lavoy Jr. to talk about our friendship and to really go into a deep dive of what it means to be an ally, what it means to be a heterosexual man and have a gay friend, what it means to share intimacy in a friendship. It's a really good conversation. So I really hope you put your listening ears on. We've got our purple pants picks. Miss Barb is back for another installment of Barb's message. And we got a thirsty, thirsty, thirsty freak of the week, baby. So listen, so please make sure your luggage is stowed above you in the overhead compartment. Nothing is in front of your feet. The captain has turned on the seatbelt sign. Please have your seatbelt because we are ready for takeoff. First church announcement, I just want to make sure that I bring awareness to a campaign that has been going on in the survivor community. Sunday, Burquest from season 33, Millennials versus Gen X, has been very open with her recent battle with cancer, and her castaways have been rallying around her. They recently started a campaign with a Survivor Sunday buff to help benefit her. So that's Hannah, Adam, Chris, Brett, and Zeke have started this campaign with the buffs with the hashtag, the stage has been set. So you can go to either of any of those people that I mentioned, their Instagram or Twitters and click the link in their bio to pre-order your buff. And again, all the proceeds are going to benefit Sunday. And this is definitely a worthy cause. My heart and prayer goes out to Sunday in her family. Hashtag, the stage has been set. Next church announcement, I'd like to put it out there. I am looking for another Purple Pants podcast intern. I'm specifically looking for someone that has experiencing in audio editing. You can help your baby boy edit. That would be amazing. Please, if you have any interest in coming aboard the Purple Pants Productions team, please email me at purplepantspodcast at gmail.com. 
In our final church announcement, I just like to spread the message of love. Send some love to somebody that you haven't talked to. Send some love to somebody that you talk to every day. It's important to give people their roses while they are here. So send some love and some positivity to somebody today. I appreciate it. I'm sending you all my love and positivity. Now listen, it's time to get into the meat and potatoes. Let's get into this podcast. It's a man who? It's a man you? Me and potatoes like we're cooking up a great stew. It's a man who? It's a man you? Me and potatoes like we're cooking up a great stew. Keeping the menu rolling, I'm so excited to have this conversation that I really felt was important to me, given all of the activist work that I'm doing in the Black Lives Matter, in the LGBTQ community. And I really thought to myself, like, what is something else that I can open up about my personal relationships that I feel like could truly help others. And so one of the things that I found as me speaking up in this Black Lives Matter movement and also saying that I'm a Black gay male and that I'm one in the same. And just because I am saying Black Lives Matters, I'm not taking away from the LGBTQ. And when I scream that, you know, LGBTQ rights are very important, I'm not taking away from the Black Lives Matter. And I had got a lot of feedback, um, which surprised me because I got a lot of feedback from a lot of Black men that were essentially telling me to, like, you know, shut up and, and be Black. And I really had to come to grips with that because I really had to come to myself and say that it's taken me this long to be as open and transparent with my myself and that I can exude that to others. One of the things that I came to fruition about was that like my relationship with heterosexual men, I find that a lot of the times growing up, I was able to connect more with females than men. So in my adult life, I have cultivated some really close relationships with some very heterosexual men. I feel that it's important to kind of like talk about that because in this society that we live in, we have this thing called Toxic masculinity. People are scared to be friends with gay people. They don't want to be associated with them out of fear of association with a gay person. Oh, they're going to think that I'm gay. So I really wanted to have a conversation with some of my very close best friends to talk about what it is our relationship is like, what it's like for them to be friends with an openly gay person. So I want to welcome back to the Purple Pants podcast, my brother, this person that gets on my nerves all the time. You may know him from Survivor, Ghost Island, the winner of Ghost Island, Survivor, Winners at War, the CEO of Beaver Unlimited, Wendeezy. Welcome back to the Purple Pants Podcast. Baby boy is back, baby boy. What's good, man? Thank you for having me on, Bryce. What's popping? What's going on with you? How's everything? Things are well. Things are well. I'm, uh, you know, enjoying life and working hard and trying to fight the good fight and all of the above. So um busy but uh a good and productive busy i'd say oh are you busy as a quarantine b b b busy as a quarantine b b that's me man busy as a quarantine b i love it so i'm so glad to have you on the podcast to talk about this somewhat delicate subject because i feel like 
our our friendship was something that caught me by surprise. I was not expecting for our friendship to kind of like blossom the way that it has for a multitude of reasons. One, you're a heterosexual African-American male. Two, in the survivor community, I find that like I always try to befriend people and it's just that very like fake survivor like friendship. And so for me, it, it was rather refreshing. So I'm just curious to know, like, how did we become friends? Who? How did we become friends? Um, Bryce, I think you kind of like just forced your, your friendship upon <laughs> me, man. Like, I... I don't know. I I watched you on Kagayan. I knew who you were. Um, I was a fan of the show. Not necessarily you're crazy behind, but now nah, for real, I think what happened was the friendship kind of grew organically, but it started with us being two survivors from Philly. The The one thing that showed me that you're a real solid dude was actually our very first real interaction where I tried to have a watch party. There was a blizzard, so I canceled it. It was supposed to be in Maniunk, which is closer to your house, and I canceled it. I think I told you I'm just watching it at my mom's, my parents' crib with uh, my family. And then all of a sudden at 8 p.m., you text me saying you're out in front of the house during a blizzard. And I'm like, this fool drove all the way out here in a blizzard, which was like 45 minutes from his crib. So that showed me a lot about you, that you're a, a solid uh, loyal, loyal dude. And then just over the years and through our interactions and through travel and through you being there for me or me being there for you, that's how our friendship like really blossomed, I'd say. I couldn't agree anymore. I definitely was taken back by your openness. When I was friends with you and becoming friends with you, I really felt like a lot of the times, like, you know, people see me as this like flamboyant character. And that, that is a part of me, but that's not all of me. And a lot of the times when I do befriend heterosexual men, I tend to like try to hide that or not hide it. I try not to make it the forefront. And so one of the things with you that I really felt myself being comfortable was that I felt like you encouraged me to be myself. I didn't feel judged. I didn't feel like if we were like driving somewhere and a song came on, like I could just be like, yeah, like, you know, and I, I just, I truly saw that like, you know, you, it, it didn't bother you and that like you actually like sort of celebrated it. So I, in my mind, I'm just like, wow. And I've never really had a friendship like that, especially with a black man before. It really kind of sort of took me by surprise. Another question that I, I have for you in our friendship, this could be in the beginning or where it is now. Did you, and I want you to be honest, because I feel like there is power in your honesty. And this is a safe place. <laughs> I, I don't know what a place place is, <laughs> but this is a safe space for you to like really share your your thoughts. But I am curious to know, did you ever have to check your own personal bias about the LGBTQ community? And did any of those things kind of change as our friendship progressed? Well, I will say uh, when I when I really think about it and sometimes I, I look back at my circle of friends who have always been like this very diverse group of friends. I, I'm proud of the fact that just I have a, a rainbow of friends, no pun intended. <laughs> and um, so, Since I was growing up now looking back on it, I know I definitely had very close gay friends, best friends that are now openly gay men. I'm proud that my parents uh, just encouraged me to be friends with all types of people, even through through middle school and high school. And at, definitely at Morehouse, Morehouse is an all male, all black school. And there are a lot of gay men at Morehouse. So I have so many gay friends 
I what I haven't. I'm sorry. I'm I'm trying to get to the answer. No, your no. Question. But you also bring up a good point that like there are people have a lot of gay friends. And so I think it's funny because like, you know, when we think about like, you know, if somebody's ever accused of being racist and they're mm-hmm. like, I, my best friend is black. Mm-hmm. But so I guess what my question more to you is, is that like, yes, you have gay friends. I feel like our friendship is like a little different in the aspect of like you know when people say like oh Wendell's like your friend I'm like no that's my brother yeah for sure for sure our friendship is different you're definitely my brother and someone that I confide in and I'll push you and I'll say the things that you don't want to hear and you'll do the same for me and we hold each other to that standard and the people that I know and love are the people that I'm willing to say a lot of things to um, even uncomfortable things like even if I got to check you, I'll check you because I, I, you know, because you're my guy. I appreciate how close we have become, how, how close we've become. That shows that you aren't just one of my, you know, one of my friends that happen to be gay. I was just saying, like, over time, I can't and I can't say like <laughs> I can't say I'm I'm not homophobic. I have a gay friend I, because that's not the that's not the, the, the truth of the matter is I, I have hundreds I I can't even name all of my friends so I have so many gay friends and friends in the LGBTQ community you are just you you're just Bryce and you just happen to be a gay black man so I see Bryce the funniest person I know who is hilarious and ridiculous and the things that come out of your mouth are just insane so I appreciate the person that you are before understanding the fact that you're a gay man I say all this stuff to 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 answer your question. How 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 do I check my um, personal biases or do did I have any about the LGBTQ community? And I said that long story about me growing up and my friends and stuff, because it's hard for me to to see if I really had any kind of bias against uh, gay people. But what I will say is I didn't I can honestly say I didn't really understand the trans community. I've been actively trying to understand the trans community and especially when you suggested that I watch the movie Disclosure, that really opened my eyes to many things and it made me understand that their portrayal in the media and how their how the average I think the average trans lifespan might be 35 years or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like their their plight is totally different. And it's extremely unique and it's something it's 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 a fight that I want to be an ally for and with and something that I just I need to learn more about and continue to open my eyes to. But I understand now after seeing disclosure that their portrayal in the media has been it's it's like all negative and me seeing them speak about it in this movie and seeing Zeke from Survivor speak about it and other people, it opened my eyes. It will now allow me to fight for that community as well as others. One last thing. I know we want to keep it short, but I think that being a black male and being through so many struggles and understanding our struggles allows me to empathize with other minorities or marginalized groups struggles. So I could say, man, the portrayal of a trans person on TV, that's like that's almost like the portrayal of black people in blackface on TV. So and that's it's so interesting because you say that when I had Zeke on my podcast and we talked and 
Zeke and I, we've never met each other, but we always say we have this like weird connection whenever we like link up, whenever we talk, whenever we text. I relate so much to just what you said. I'm an openly gay black man. Zeke is a openly trans man. And although our experiences are vastly different, I truly believe that our struggle is so similar. And I really feel like that is what bonds Zeke and I together because it's like you can relate. You can understand. I think what's important for you is that which you and a lot of my close male friends have this innate ability to be able to see past what the society stereotypes or what society labels us and that you like have a heart. You get to know the person in the beginning of our friendship. A lot of the times that uh, I know a lot of people would ask people close around you because out of nowhere, like, you know, we just became really good friends and like, you know, I'm just everywhere. You everywhere on my social media. And I know that like a lot of people were like, is Wendell gay? Is Wendell gay? Like, you know, (laughs) and for me, that bothered me in the sense why he can't just have a, a gay friend. Like, why do you have to then question his sexuality can you talk about that did that bother you when you first heard it what did that make you more cautious or were you just comfortable in your own sexuality that it's like i don't care what people say but i'm just curious to know what you thought about that i I, that's a very good question uh i because i've i've heard those questions people (laughs) close to me like people in uh, joey's family they'd be like yeah what's up with when so um, for real, for real, I've always just been a little weird and a little different. And <laughs> I've accepted that. Like, I've always kind of walked my own path, worn weird things and and done my own, you know, done things that aren't necessarily the norm. So people always would call me weird or something or make fun of me in somehow, some way. But at the same time, I was good at sports and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of cool, too. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, like they can't. <laughs> I I just I I just was very confident in who in who I've always been. For people to say like uh, I, I've heard it and I get DMs from <laughs> gay guys all the time <laughs> and like yeah man I've heard it and okay that if if someone says hey are you gay or if they they think because I happen to hang with a gay man that I that I'm gay. I mean, they could think whatever, you know, they could think whatever they want. But at the end of the day, it's like you can have whatever friends you want. You just happen to be somebody that's a very loyal friend that has taught me so much. And yeah, you happen to be a gay man. All right. So what? We're friends. And that's it. So, yeah, if people if people, you know, people have questioned that all the time, it doesn't it doesn't bother me. I think maybe because I've been questioned like that for however long. It doesn't it doesn't bother me anymore. I'm I'm secure in who I am. And yeah, that's good. I, and I, I love that because I, I feel like that's a huge fear of other people. And I always am one of a proprietor when it comes to sexuality. Wait, am I saying that right? A proprietor proponent uh, proponent. <laughs> well, proprietor sounds better. You can use it. Okay, so I always am one of the proponent that sexuality is not black and white, that it is fluid. And I think that people aren't secure enough in the fluidity of their sexuality. So it's like, yes, you can like girls, but you can also have a close intimate connection to a male or you like you know like it's just this I just truly believe that like if people could get out of like what sexuality is and why we 
push it to the forefront. And it's literally like love who you want to love, be close to who you want to be close with, because at the end of the day, it's all about energy. It's all about the support. It's all about love. And, and I just think that that really kind of drives it home with this culture of toxic masculinity with, you know, boys play with trucks. You got to be a tough boy. And that's like how a lot of people are raised. The more that we can have conversations like this, the more that people can like really be like, well, I'm an individual. I am who I am. And it, it doesn't affect me what people say about me. Yeah. What I, pe- go oh, ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, yeah, that's the thing. It's toxic. It's toxic masculinity that prevents people from accepting gay people as their friends and then having like open good friendships with these people. And in your case, I'm not, like I said, I'm not looking at you as a gay man. I'm looking at you as this amazing human being who shines a bright light. And um, I've told you before, I'm attracted to hustlers, people that go out and go get things. And you're one of those people. So I'm like, you know what? This guy, uh, I'm going to try to help him as best I can so he can be successful. I know he's helping me as best as he can as he can so I can be successful. So I don't care. I don't care what he is. This is a this is a shining star. And this person is who I want to be associated with. That's it. That's the end of it. (laughs) Okay. so uh, then I have like a couple of more questions, but like, it's just interesting because even hearing you say that it, it's sometimes uncomfortable for me because it's just like I, as a gay man, have to check my own biases and I have to remember. I feel like a lot of the times I revert back when I was like in fourth, fifth grade. And that's when like I started to get teased. And that's when like I kind of like, you know, revert, like changed who I was because I did not want people to tease me like I just wanted to be like you know I just wanted to skip to school okay like why can't I skip to school and be like you know (laughs) hey Miss Wilson like but during that time I just I remember like four people that specifically like bullied me and they all were black men and so a lot of the times I have to check my own bias because uh, I will see the negative in a heterosexual man regarding my friendship and like how we interact before I see the positive. And so I not just me having you come on here to talk about it. I think that it's important for other gay men or other queer people to hear that, like we have biases as well that sometimes can shape and form how the relationship is. And some like, you know, so I just think it's important to have, an open conversation. And if like, you know, if I'm asking you to share your vulnerability, I absolutely have to share my vulnerability as well too, um, and insecures. And so I'm definitely grateful that you took the time to come on my podcast to talk about this very delicate subject, but much needed subject and a conversation that I don't feel like we hear often or people have often enough. It sounds like you almost have like a PTSD. People that look like me might have bullied you or didn't accept you as you were growing up. So then later in life, you're not necessarily inclined to befriend people that look like me. And I think it's very important that someone like me be, you know, I think it's very important that you and I stand side by side as best friends and show the world that a heterosexual man and a gay man can be best friends and we can do wonderful things for the world because people we do have a platform and people seeing us and people seeing you on my socials and me on your socials that can change how they treat other people or people that don't necessarily look like them or act like them or have the same sexual orientation as them so i find it very important to 
unapologetically be your best friend and show our friendship off and wear your purple pants hoodie and <laughs> do anything I can to support you. I think we're on the right side of history with this one. I think that this is something that the the country needs to embrace. We need to have more acceptance. The world. The world. Absolutely. For sure. The world. Um, but there just needs to be more acceptance. So I think that so, might be that might push me to go even harder as your best friend. Like, look, this is my dude. I don't care if anybody says anything about Bryce. I'm riding for him. And that's what that. it is. Leads me to a great segue. Share to the Purple Pants Posse something that is unique about our friendship that someone from the outside looking in would be like, huh? But to us is normal because you my brother. Like share something you need. <laughs> I don't know. I, I will say, I will say that um <laughs> what has been the case for a, a while is like having you a gay man as my best friend, one of my best friends, you know, I got a few, but you're your your friendship is so unique, man, because I had and, and the way I have to interact with you is so different than how I have to mm. interact with Joey or Nas or anybody. So talk about that. Ooh, that's good. Ooh, it's, it's okay, di- come on, Mr. Question. <laughs> it's different, man. Like I, I know that you have feelings and I know I've done things or I've not communicated with you or there are things that have happened that have made you get upset with me. And sometimes like you'd be a little distant or something like that. And I had to learn how to communicate properly with you, how you respond to certain things. So (laughs) I had to I I never usually with a lot of my friends, my boys, especially it's like I'm very frank, I'm blunt and all of that. But with you, I sometimes I can't just say something. I have to really choose my words and understand how I'm communicating with you. It's almost like. It's like, like my, my, like my girlfriend, how I would have to just be smart with how I choose words and, and speak to my other half. So with you, I gotta be, be choice. I can't say like, I I have, I just have to be smarter because your feelings are, you, you have feelings. And so this relationship that I have with you is just, I just have to be cognizant, more cognizant of who I'm talking to. And I think I've gotten better at it. I have a lot more learning to do. A lot. But <laughs> you have gotten a lot better at that. And it's so interesting that you brought up that theme of it's almost like a relationship with a girlfriend. As people will hear throughout this conversation, I talked to Rodney Lavoy Jr. as well, too, who's also one of my best friends. It's interesting because he explained that same feeling. Sometimes that bothers me. That gives me a point of pause and I'm not saying it's bad or good because I think that what you explained was amazing. But I think that when people are like, well, it's almost like my girlfriend, I think that kind of reinforces this stereotype. I'm a gay man. I've got to be attracted to you or maybe mm-hmm. not, or maybe that's just my own bias. But I know that as people will listen in this podcast, like comes up with Rodney and that's like a real point of contention and Rodney's and I friendship, because uh, like he'll say that people say that to him about our friendship and it just gets under my skin. I have feelings. Guess what? Your male friends, uh, your other heterosexual friends, Joey, Nas, they have feelings too. I am a gay man. I am just in touch with my emotions. I'm in touch with how I want to be treated as opposed to like just kind of going along with it. So I'm so glad that you brought that up. That's so important. Yeah, like, yes, you have to look at this friendship, friendships in general, 
like a relationship, not in the sexual way. You got to get to know your friend. You got to get to know your partner. You have to know what ticks. And that's just across the board with anyone. I'm so glad that you brought that up. For me, I always get like sensitive about that in the sense of like, I go into protector mode. I don't want people saying that about you. I don't want people saying that about Rodney. I don't want them because they're friends with me. Like they get associated with that. So I think that that's where like what gives me pause about that. Anybody that knows me know I don't play about a Wendell Holland. I fight a grandma with one leg (laughs) and one eye. I don't care. I don't play. Another thing, because I just want to leave on a light and fun note is, you know, I asked what was something unique about our friendship and you wanted to dance around the question. So I'll tell you this. One thing that is unique about our friendship is that Wendell wants Survivor. You know, he won a billion dollars, even though he don't. He just bought a TV now uh, (laughs) for the first time in his adult life, which I think is weird. Wendell likes to buy, like, you know, nice underwear. So listen, sometimes, now I'm not a thief, okay? Because a thief would imply that I take it in deception. So sometimes, like, you know. This is where you're going with that question? I'm just saying. Listen, sometimes I might borrow. And listen, I'm gladly willing to give them back. So I feel like they're a loaner program. I don't want them back. We, uh, we, we, Bryce, this isn't a loaner program if it's a one way street and I don't know that you have them. So we went to South Africa to compete against the South African survivors. Bryce opens his bag and a pair of my draws falls out of his bag. And I say, Bryce, those are my draws. What are you doing? And you said something like, oops, I was doing the laundry at your crib and whatever you said, what, what's the, what happened? What is the truth? That is the truth. I literally, I was doing laundry at your crib when you were away filming for 40. And I, you know me, I lived at the pool. So sometimes like I wouldn't bring an extra towel. So I had to like, just, I just threw everything that I had in the dryer and dried it. And I took everything out, not realizing when you left for Survivor 40, you left like clothes in the dryer. I didn't know. I literally just threw all my stuff in there to dry it. So like, I wouldn't be like wet in my car. And then when I left, I just put everything in the bag. And to my surprise, when I got home, I was (laughs) like, oh, these aren't mine. These look expensive. (laughs) And you know, they, they flexible. You can breathe. I was like, oh, so, and then I was like, ooh, I might need another pair. So, um, yeah, and I wasn't paying $40 for no underwear. Okay, I likes to pay $10 and get a pack of three, okay? Oh Not $40 for an individual pair. But, so, that's the story. Thank you so much, Wendy for the loaner program of oh underwear, because I think that that's important. I just want to thank you for being a friend, being a ally and not being scared to use your voice and stand up for what's right. I greatly appreciate Yizu. Bryce, I thank you so much for this. Continue being you without fear. Um, I will stand next to you. I wanted to say real quick, I talk too much. I know I saw your friendship with Rodney and I think that helped my friendship with you just because I'd see the way you and him would interact when he'd FaceTime you or whatever. Roddy would have his shirt off. He'd be FaceTiming you or and you guys would talk to each other any kind of way in seeing your relationship with him. I was like, man, this this, you know, big, strong heterosexual guy from Boston who couldn't be any more different from you is such a good friend of yours. And I think that also allowed me to say, you know what, I don't care about anything. This is my friend, Bryce Isaiah, for all the good, bad and ugly or whatever. This is my boy. And I hope that anyone that sees my friendship with you, they could say, you know what? I can be best friends with a gay person or a trans person or any any type of different person. So if anyone takes anything from this podcast, please take that. Feel free 
um, to be friends and close and, you know, just open and vulnerable and everything with people that aren't like you. That's that's how that's how this world becomes a better place. Absolutely. I truly believe that there is power in our friendship. There's so much power in your vulnerability to be able to have this conversation with me on this podcast. My hope is that in this conversation, in this honest, vulnerable, true conversation, that we can help inspire someone to think differently, to move differently, and to be a bridge. Before you go, because you know I'm a proprietor of Beave Unlimited, you know, and I be stalking the Instagram. I noticed that you got some ex- a new exclusive product coming out. Can you just share with the Purple Pants Posse real quick before you go? Because you know I love, I mean, I'm practically a walking, living, breathing Beave motto. Oh. <laughs> Come on, model. Okay, Bryce, you beef model. Maybe I'll put you, I'm going to put you on a beef page today, actually. I will put a photo of you. But um, yeah, we have, we just released a line of cedar basketball backboards. So, and Come on, basketball cedar? Hoops. Yeah, they're, they're beautiful. So, but we're only releasing 25 of them. Those things are going fast, but we have more hoops and more other things. We're going to have a new planter line coming out soon. I know you love plants, Bryce. Yes. So yeah, we're working hard. Come on, Purple Pants Posse. You better get one of them one one to 25 hoops. They're going like hotcakes. Thank you so much, baby boy. When DZ, it's been real. I'm so excited to talk to Rodney and to hear his take on this subject. So let's keep this podcast rolling. Thanks, Bryce. Love you, bro. Keeping the conversation rolling. I'm so excited to welcome to the podcast one of my best friends. I don't even know how to describe our friendship, but it will just be one of my best friends, Rodney Lavoy Jr. from Survivor Season 30. Rodney, welcome to the Purple Pants Podcast. You know how honored I am to be on here. Like, listen... What you're doing with this podcast is incredible. You bring comedy, you bring fire, you bring passion, and you bring a lot of awareness to topics that need to be touched upon, but you do it with your your personality. And that's what we're going to dive into. But that's what I love about you is you keep it real, you keep it true to yourself. And that's the reason why we, we are friends. I appreciate it. And I'm so excited because I couldn't think of a more appropriate topic to have you on my podcast than one that I'm having today. And I really want to kind of sort of dive into like allyship. I really want to dive into like toxic masculinity. I really want to dive into like our friendship because for a long time, I always say to you, like, I'm protective of our friendship. Like, I don't really want to know. I don't really want people to know that the inner workings of our friendship because like I want to protect you. But I really feel that us talking about our friendship, us talking about the unique things that make us so close to each other really could be powerful for other people. So I guess I'll start off with one of a random question. It's like, in your words, in your opinion, like, how did we become friends? Well, we bonded over a a TV show. We were both on Survivor. And, um, you know, you showed me love on a show where it's difficult because when you go from a normal civilian living your everyday life to now somebody who is being ridiculed on Twitter, you're being showed love in all different types of areas. But then you get real love and you get fake love. And you showed me love immediately before the show even started. And then all through the show, it was consistent love. And that transpired into an, an amazing relationship because we ended up doing events together. And the more that we, we clashed together, we realized that people may look at us and say, these two? <laughs> Bryce and Rodney, right? You, you guys are best friends? How is this possible? When they look 
past what they may see on the outside or what they may see by how we're presented, we're all connected within our soul. So when people understand that people need to see one other for more of their soul and rather than the outside of how they carry themselves or who they choose to be with or what color, what race, whatever it may be, then that's how we can get closer to love. But in a world full of a lot of a divide, our relationship is so positive and so powerful because we could change the world with how we, we, we came together and became, you know, best friends. I agree. I feel like you're not keeping it all the way 100. So, you know, on the Purple Pants podcast, I use this as a form of therapy. And I like to call, I always, whenever I have people on my podcast, I feel like it's a safe space. So I want you to know that at any point in time, you could pull me to the carpet and I'm going to pull you to the john. So I feel like, yes, Survivor is what brought us together. And that like immediately when I saw you on the show, I, I have a, I don't know what you would call it, but I always root for the underdog. I always root for the people, the person that people hate. So I, you know, when I saw you, it was very soon after my season had ended. And I was like, oh, my God, I love Rodney. He's so funny. Showed him love. And I didn't really get that love shown back because like you weren't a fan of the show. So you didn't really understand how it worked. So, you know, uh, Mike Holloway, the winner of your season, kind of sort of brought us together and was like, hey, Rodney, like Bryce has shown you love, show love back. And once we connected, we absolutely became like really good. We became friends and we were friends for a couple of years. But I wouldn't say in those couple of years that we were like best friends. I feel like we were kind of sort of filling each other out. And I feel like and I'm just being honest, I feel like during that period of time and you were a different person at that time. But I feel like at that point in time, you were looking at me like, uh, I don't know who this gay guy is. I'm just going to keep it cute and just like, you know, just like, you know, respond back. And it wasn't until like that we started really talking about our commonalities, what really bonded us together that kind of sort of brought us together. Would you agree? Would you disagree? Like, you know, what, what would you say to that? I wouldn't say that I was like, oh, he's the gay dude. I got to stay away from him type of deal. Like kind of how you making it like. I think that that was a really complicated time in my life. And there was certain times where I was struggling within myself a lot with mental health, as, as we know, like after the show, I went through trials and tribulations. I went up and down and everything. But in regards to come to our, our friendship, it evolved with time. And I'm a type of person, which you know that, Bryce, it's it's hard for you to get deep into my soul and my heart. But once you do, you have it all. You know what I mean? And you opened up my soul and my heart. And that's why you have my all as a friend. And that's what people need to understand and realize is once you can get past that, you know, you can develop an amazing relationship. And, and that's what we've done. I agree. So what were your thoughts? Thoughts befriending an openly gay black male when we became friends. Like, and be honest, like, again, it doesn't hurt my feelings. Like, I think that in your honesty has power. Like, what, like, truly, like, what were your thoughts when we were becoming friends? Like, were there anything that, like, any pre bias that you had of gay people? Like, I truly be honest, like, were you like, oh my God, is this guy going to hit on me? What were your thoughts of in the early process of our friendship when we were becoming friends? Like, what, what was that like? Walk me through that. The early process process of our friendship honestly like i am i'm so tuned into how our friendship is now so what i can see that's different from the friendships that i've had my entire life was the 
I guess you you hop on me and we get on each other is about the constant, like my best friends, I could not talk to them for like three, four days, but I know it's love. But with you, on the other hand, it's like, it's more of like that, like relationship, friendship with like you would have with it in a, in a relationship kind of, it was like, bitch, why didn't you hit me up today? Like, like, like I was mad at you. And so I had to adjust to that to when you thought that I was neglecting you or, or your time or your space or like disrespecting you by not hitting you up all the time. I was never used to that because my best friend, we could not talk for like two days and we're good. But a relationship, I guess, with us requires more love and attention, if if that's if that makes sense. No, I mean, definitely. I feel like the one thing about me is that I am very in tuned to like my emotional state and that like, you know, if we friends, we friends. But like if you are saying that you're my best friend, then I, I want to know how you are all the time. Like, I want to know, like, what you do in a day. I want you I want to know, like. Like I want to be able to be a support to you. So you bring up a really good topic that like, yeah, I, I am very much in tuned with my emotional state. And that at some point in time was a point of contention of our friendship, because I'm like, listen, if you my friend, if you my real friend, if you my best friend, like I want to know what's going on with you. And so you talked about how like in your other friendships with males, you're not as much in tune to that. So what was that adjustment like? Was that uncomfortable for you to kind of like be able to like touch into your emotional to know that you had a friend like me that is willing and wants to know about your emotional side and wants to know about your mental health and wants to know about your day to day, like what's going on. What was that like for you? Was that uncomfortable for you to like really kind of like understand that? Or were you just like, I've never really had this in a male friendship before, so I don't really know how to navigate it. I mean, I think it was just a relational standpoint with myself because even like my mother, I don't text her like that. So my best friend, my mother, and then I come across you who, you know, it, it can come off as like you're getting offended by me not sending uh, that text, even though throughout the day I may have been like, oh, man, look at these sneakers. Bryce would have liked them all. Oh, look at this show. Bryce. But it may have passed my mind and I didn't text it or, or call you and let you know what was going on. But in reality, I was, you know, thinking about you the same way I think about my other friends or my family or my, you know, my loved ones or whoever it may be. It's just you required, you know, more attention. And we've had amazing conversations to, you know, collectively see where we're both coming from because for me I can be showing you love but that doesn't mean I have to send you a, a text message or I have to do certain things to validate the friendship just know I'm holding you down regardless and that's how like my always friendship was is if I got you I got you but it wasn't more of like uh, a relationship on our standpoint where I'd be like listen you know my girlfriend type of deal when you get when you get mad at me when you get mad at me if I didn't text you at a certain time of day and I was like whoa you gotta chill bro like you know what I mean but um but what, but but, but, but but, but but the beautiful thing about it is like when you sit back and realize that like when you send me those text messages, when I get surprise mail from you, when you send me stuff like that, that is that is showing like real care, real love. So that's why it's so appreciated. So regardless, we gay, straight, mother, father, sister, brother. That's a, a real, authentic, amazing friendship. And that's what I'm so grateful for that we have. And so let's talk about that, that topic that you just said that was like, you're not my girlfriend. And, you know, that's actually like, let's be honest, that's been a, a point of contention in our friendship, because when you say things like that, when you get angry to me, it always bothers me because it's like, for me, when I hear things like that, you're not my girlfriend. What are you doing? Like for me, that is a, I'm not gay. Stop being like what you are to me. And reality, like what I'm saying is that like, I, I don't. 
I don't, I love you. Like I love you to life. Like I love you. Like I've never had a friendship like ours. And I truly appreciate that. One thing that I am so grateful for you in my life is that I love you. You love me. We say that to each other all the time. And I don't have to worry about me saying that to you and like you being like, oh my God, I I hope Bryce is not like falling in love with me because he's gay. And so a lot of the times in our friendship, when we would argue because we argue, we fight. And when you would say stuff like that, it would bother me when you'd be like, you know, people think, you know, you're acting like my girlfriend. But for me, that is literally like a dig, like I'm gay. So I'd have to automatically like want to be attracted to you. But in reality, what I'm saying to you is that like, I'm your friend, like I'm emotionally invested in you and I care about you. One thing that I love about you so much is that like, you don't care what people think. You don't care how that may be perceived to others. And so I'm just glad that you brought that up because it's like, yes, I'm, um, I am emotionally invested in your physical well-being, your mental health well-being and your emotional well-being as a gay man. I want to see you prosper. I want to see you healthy. But that does not mean that I'm sexually attracted to you. That does not mean that like, you know what I mean? And so like for the longest time, even in our friendship, I questioned that because I'm like, does he think that like I'm in love with him or something like that's how I show love. And which is why sometimes like I am more able to be friends with females because I, I find that females can receive that love from me and not be like, oh, is Bryce secretly in love with me? So can you just walk me through and walk through the Purple Pants Posse, like what that was like for you to kind of accept that and to because I'm sure it has to kind of like play on your masculinity, your like heterosexualness that I've got this gay guy that like loves me, but doesn't want me like I like I don't know what I'm trying to get at. But like, do you understand what I'm saying? Now, I understand what you're saying. And I think the number one thing in the world that people fear the most is public humiliation. So by you aligning with certain people, especially at a young age, especially with the kids, if you tend to hang out, hang out or have a friend that was gay, people will use offensive words such as the F word, call you gay, what are you doing hanging around with them? But in raw reality, we're put into these groups as we grow, so you develop hate for one another because of the humiliation that you may face. But when you develop as a person, your self-development, and when hopefully people that raise you can raise you right, you understand who you are. And I am a very strong masculine man, but me being comfortable in my own skin is very important. However, there's many masculine men out there who truly aren't comfortable in their skin because if somebody that you can't be friends with because they choose, you know, to have sex with a different gender that you prefer, that's a huge problem because you're limiting yourself from a person that could be evolving to an amazing friendship that we have. So I think a lot of people uh, steer away from having a friend that may be gay because of the aspect of you said that, oh, they may be hitting on them. But in raw reality, they're just somebody who chooses to have a a, a connection and a bond because that's what they're into. So I'm not going to judge nobody who they choose choose to go home with at the end of the night or who they choose to love, I'm going to judge them on how they treat me and how they respect my energy. So if if my energy was being affected in a negative way, I would I would put a girl or a guy in check if they were, you know, like you said, always oh, gay is going to try to hit on me. Well, I'll do the same thing if a girl was making me feel uncomfortable. So when people develop who they are as a person, uh, a strong, righteous man or a strong, righteous woman, you understand and you're comfortable with yourself. So when anybody tries to down you or talk bad about you or tell you that you can't be friends 
with no one. Well, you can say, listen, this is who I am. And maybe you got to find deep within yourself and you got to work on yourself to accept and love other people because it's holding you back from potentially having some amazing friendships. I love it and agree so much with it. So it kind of brings me to my next question. It's like, what have you learned about yourself through our friendship? What I've learned uh, is that a lot of people are a product of their environment. You know, I grew up just outside of Boston. Um, so the Boston mentality is we use the F word a lot. OK. And when we use the F word, it's also played by many of your favorite rappers and it's in the music that you even enjoy that you listening to. And unfortunately, that's toxic music that I don't listen to. We'll get into that in an another conversation because I choose not to put negative energy like that around me. But having that word and many words that I've used my entire life, you know, so let me interrupt you real quick. So would you say that our friendship and using that word, even in music and even in everything, would you say that our friendship helped you see? the fact that how toxic that word actually can be and how it actually can hurt somebody that you love? I don't use the F word no more because of you, Bryce. I don't use the F word no more. And when I had that, the F word, um, it was never used in the way of that was being offensive to ones who choose to have a relation with the opposite gender. I use that word as a term because when you're in the, the inner cities or you're in a certain demographic or a product or your environment, you use that word to call somebody an idiot or a loser, whatever it may be, or joking around if somebody does something. But now that we're friends and I understand the power of that word and the hate that comes from that word that other people indulge in the history of the word, I choose not to use it and I correct my friends when they use it because it's like, hey, you disrespecting me, you disrespecting my boy, so don't be using that. So it's, no, um... No. Yes, sis. Disrespecting your sis. Disrespecting okay. my sis. Yeah, you already know. My sis. My bro sis. So it's just, we got a, we got a, uh, a entirely unique relationship where we can FaceTime. You know, we FaceTime at night and we talk about a lot of funny things. We play categories on FaceTime, especially right now with the COVID-19 where we're trapped in the house, you know what I mean? But at the who end of the wins, who wins the categories? You don't want the smoke. I'm the categories okay. king. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll save this so, for another topic, but here nobody we'll can beat me in categories. Nobody so, can beat me in categories, bro. Okay, that's a lie. But you're bringing my next question up, and um, I want to say, like, what's something unique about our friendship that you feel like other people on the outside looking in will be like, oh my god, that's so like, ugh. What's something unique about, or or talk a little bit more about our FaceTime at night? Because I've talked about it on the podcast, but I think it would be interesting for the Purple Pants Posse to hear it coming from you. So our, our FaceTimes include everything. Like, what do we do during the day? Um, what are Wait, we... No, explain. Like, what what is our FaceTime at night? Like, explain it. Like, don't just gloss over it, baby boy. Like, explain. What is our FaceTime at night? Break it down. Our FaceTime at night sometimes can simply be meaning <laughs> I'm, I'm out there and I'm watching a movie, okay? Or I'm watching a documentary and you listening in the background and then like 20 minutes and you'll be like, bitch, this movie's lit. <laughs> like, you'll chime in. So like sometimes Sometimes it's just be it's just like a it's like a safety net. Like when you uh, don't have you know nobody beside you, but you have a friend on Facetime with you. I mean that's pretty pretty cool, especially during tough times to know that I have a solid friends that I could chop it up with at any given time. And that's what we do. It's a it's a unique friendship where we talk about everything. I don't. Even, I mean, how do you even want me to break down what we talk about? We talk about literally. No, everything. I'm not saying. I guess what I'm saying is, so how long do our nightly Facetimes go for? Our nightly Facetimes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, 
Listen, put it this way. Put it this way. If we go on FaceTime and we throw a movie on, the movie's two, three hours, then I fall asleep with a movie, and all of a sudden I wake up at five in the morning and the still phone's still there, I'll be like, hey, bitch, you still on? <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then you'll be like, yeah, <laughs> like, yo, what are we doing? I'm this late for, bro. I'm like going to sleep. So, like, man, it, it's just it's it just so unique. And the thing about it is, like, I am a strong, masculine man. Like, like I, I so I just feel like people would 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 just deny the fact because, like I said earlier, public humiliation is what a lot of people fear with on many counts of many instances of life. And when you can get over, when you're comfortable with yourself, you could develop and have amazing friendships with anybody and everyone, but we need to unlearn. The problem with this society and what we're taught at a young age, everything that we go through in life, we need to unlearn and relearn because the information we were provided is either flawed, it was corrupt, it was negligent, and it wasn't the righteous way. So once you become a righteous individual, you become the best version of yourself, and then you end up having amazing relationships, bonds, and, 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 a, and a life full of truth. I agree. And even same, as much as I'm like asking you this question, the same as for me, I was very apprehensive about being my full self to you because one I'm like he won't accept who I am he won't understand and he won't get it and so like I feel like even in the beginning of our friendship like I don't feel like I was a hundred percent myself feel like I was just being what I thought you wanted me to be as a friend and that's not a real friendship and again that's like the beginning kind of couple of years of our friendship but obviously like throughout the course of our friendship there are a lot of things that bond us together like we both lost siblings to drug and alcohol we both struggle with mental health we both are extremely loyal and passionate and I I feel like that that's one thing that like you know anytime that I'm upset or I feel like somebody made me mad you're the first person I could call and you be like hey yo park the car what we gonna do you know you build me up and it's just it's a brotherhood it's a friendship and that's like just one thing that I appreciate about you and I don't think that I tell you all the time because you know a lot of times I be in my feelings but I'm so grateful for you, Rodney. And I'm so grateful because I, I, I did not think that we could be as close of friends that we are. And, and I don't even consider us friends. I, I like you're my family. Like, you know, I've met your mother. I've met your father. I met your brother. I met your sister. Like I, I FaceTime with your nephew. Like, you know, we're family. And the fact that like and one thing that like always kind of touches my heart with, you know, a lot of the times being a openly gay black man, I always feel like people are ashamed of me and don't want to like let people know that they're friends with me. If we on FaceTime and you go upstairs eating, eating dinner with your family you just put me on the table and it's so annoying because i don't like oh my god i look a mess but literally like i'm eating dinner with your family like your mom's like what are you doing sweetheart what are you coming back here like you know what i mean and so that's the one thing that i absolutely love about you and i'm so encouraged by your honesty and your willingness to come on my podcast and really to show your support as an ally before you go i just really want to show to let the people know how really good of a friends we are so rodney Rodney you there I'm I'm listening I'm listening so can you do me a favor can you break down to the people uh, this phrase I'm about to say (laughs) what's (laughs) popping so break down and keep it cute 
What does uh, cleaning the water mean? So this is something I never, ever would know about. But during this friendship, if he has to listen to the stuff that I got to do with the females, then I got to listen to his stuff that he got to do with the fellas. So when he's like, oh, no, I'm getting ready. I'm about to meet this new John. I said keep it cute. I, listen, okay. What you mean? I mean listen, if, if, if you if you go clean the water, that means you meet up with a new a new, a new new gentleman, right? So if he's cleaning his water. Why does it have water, to be somebody new? Wait, why? Like, I, I could be meeting up with a, a regular old gentleman. Like, I don't have to be somebody new. You don't have to be putting it out there like I'm a thotting and botting, okay? Uh, listen, listen. I just, just said clean just, the this water. This is a hypothetically well, I, speaking. I just said clean. What does clean For the water example, mean? For example, I clean the water means, you know, you going up here. <laughs> And you, uh, <laughs> you, t- you taking care of business. You know what I mean? You getting, you getting ready. The same way with a female, that that beaver better be nice and bald and ready and juicy. Same, same way. Uh-uh, I'm sleep. I'm sleep. <laughs> you now. You just went from being an ally to being offensive. But Listen. seriously, Rodney, I love you. You're the best, and I, I'm so excited that you came on my podcast. But before you go, let us know what are you working on. Like, what have you been doing since you've been off of the island? And what are some of the things that you got coming new? Let let my purple pants posse know what's up. Well, a lot of people who know what I've done after the show, the, the last five years, I've been dedicating myself to help others through the struggle that I have within myself. As you said, we both lost loved ones from drug addiction. A lot of people know from the show, I lost my sister after I lost my cousin, who was like a big brother to me. During the quarantine, lost a lot of people through, through addiction. But I also myself struggle with, with uh, a lot of anxiety and depression. And those are other things that you stay silent about. So I want to raise awareness on topics and I, I bring to life topics that a lot of people don't want to talk about and um, I'm a truth seeker. I'm a philanthropist and I'm a truth seeker. So what's going on in the world? What's going on with the government? I see a lot of corruption that's going on. I don't like that a lot of people are feeling down because of what's going on. So I like to uplift people. So I've been doing a lot of things for, for, for a while now with philanthropy and mental health and I've been speaking all across the country. I've been helping ones as a mental health instructor, as a life coach but now you inspired me to take it a step further to get my podcast going. I, I You know so that's um that's that's special. So I'm I'm launching my park my podcast. Uh, it's called the Silence Kills Podcast. We're gonna be diving deep into mental health, but I'm also gonna be raising topics of the truth of what's going on in the world and helping ones seek truth because you can't have real truth if you don't have real love. So uh yeah, that's what's going on. I am excited and I definitely when your podcast launch, you'll have to come back and be on the church announcements and let them know what's going on. But I am so grateful for you, Rodney. You are the best and thank you so much and but real quick, let, can we get a Issa? Issa. Issa purple pants. Let, 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 do your best Bryce Isaiah impersonation. Issa. Issa. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones in. Listen up quick. Ooh, it's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better unwind. You better get that box wide. Hey. We out here. We out here. It's a purple pants pick. It's a purple pants pick. If you hurry up quick, it's a purple pants pick. And we are on to one of my favorite segments of the podcast, Purple Pants Picks. We haven't done it in a couple of weeks, so I'm excited. Just in case you're new to the podcast, Purple Pants Pick is the segment where you pick, I say. 
Every Saturday morning to my Instagram at Bryce Isaiah, I will post a photo of some purple pants and ask the question, drop your topics for purple pants picks. And this is the opportunity for you, the listener, to give me topics that you want to hear your baby boy talk about. It can be anything. It could be about what's going on in the country. It could be about music. It could be about food. It could be about exercise. It's whatever you want. You pick. I say, so listen, let's get into the first Purple Pants pick. Your first Purple Pants pick of this week comes from E Nikki B 24 on Instagram. She would like to know your thoughts on the Tamar Braxton suicide attempt. Thanks, Nikki, for that Purple Pants pick. Anyone that knows me knows I love Braxton Family Values and I love me some Tamar Braxton. She is the youngest in her family, which is something that we have in common. I feel like a lot of the times my personality is very similar to Tamar. People say she's extra. She's a bit much. All of the things that they say about her, they say about me. And I really feel like me and Tamar have a connection. I love me some Tamar. I love her music. I just love everything about her. So when I heard this news, I was deeply saddened. If you did not hear last week, Tamar Braxton was staying at the Ritz Carlton with her son and her boyfriend at the time. It's reported that her boyfriend made a 911 call because he found Tamar unresponsive in the hotel. It was reported that she had been drinking and taking an unknown amount of prescription pills. People were saying that this was a possible suicide attempt. It later had been revealed that she was filming Braxton Family Values, and I'm not sure when, but there was a possible physical altercation with one of her sisters. It was a lot on Tamar. She had wrote this cryptic text that she did not send, but they were tweeting it on the blogs. We've also learned that prior to the suicide attempt, Tamar had sent a scathing email to the network WeTV. And here is some of what the email said. We fight with each other. We betray each other. And now we're physically assaulting each other. All this happening because of your show has chosen to show the absolute worst side of strong, independent, successful African-American family. A show that was created to showcase a black family as a beacon of hope for all young black girls and boys out there. Instead, you coached and conjoled us into finding the worst in each other. Also in the email, Tamar linked the network to cruel white slave masters who once chained their forefathers and the oppressive police forces that now terrorize our community. She added, I hope these ratings were worth it because you successfully destroyed a great black family. Whew, that's a lot. Anyone that watches the Braxton family values like I do, I've never missed a season. They highlight the Braxtons as amazing African-American women. A lot of the time, season also gets heavy in their relationships with the sisters. They're fighting, not speaking to each other. They really show their petty side. And the Braxton sisters, along with Tamar, have oftentimes spoke out about they don't like the way that they are being portrayed. And that the network, instead of using the positive imagery that they have, they oftentimes go with with the tropes of angry black females and different things. Hmm, sound like something your baby boy was talking about, okay? 
So I definitely can relate to Tamar on that aspect. Also, for me, I actually had a step-sibling commit suicide when I was a teenager. And suicide just is not something to play with. I work at a psychiatric hospital. I man the suicide hotlines. I just know people deal with a lot of different things. And you never know what someone is personally dealing with. I always choose to come from a place of compassion and love because you just never know. I've had a sibling that committed suicide. It was a shock to our family. We did not know he was suffering. We did not know the the depth of his pain. To this day, we truly miss my brother Andre. So it is something serious. And the fact that Tamar actually attempted suicide breaks my heart. One of the statistics that I know from working the suicide hotline that once you actually try to commit suicide, you are 10 times more likely to actually complete suicide in your life. My prayers and thoughts are with the Braxton family, with Tamar, with her son, Logan. However, this week, Tamar's boyfriend, David, put out a statement that says, this is an extremely difficult time for Tamar and her family as she navigates personal and professional struggles that include her battle with depression. He continued, Tamar is currently receiving the best available medical attention to address those struggles and strengthen her mental health and her family. And I will remain by her side throughout this treatment. So listen, even the strongest people, somebody like Tamar that has such a strong personality and always is so fun and bright. We all have our own demons and we all have our things that we struggle with. Why I find it extremely important for me to use my vehicle, this podcast, as a place that I can vent about how I feel a lot of the time. People see me as this bright beacon of hope. I struggle as well. I try to be transparent and let y'all know what's going on, but it's easier said than done. So just remember, guys, check in on your families, check in on your friends, despite what their exterior appearance may give. Just always check in on people. And my thoughts and prayers are with Tamar. Now, what's the next Purple Pants pick? Next Purple Pants pick is from Farron FBC of Instagram. She would like to know if you could spill the tea on how you feel about Kanye West running for president, his public meltdowns, and overall bizarre behavior. Hoo, hoo, hoo. Farron, Farron, Farron. Kanye, 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 Yeezy. I truly don't know what to make of Kanye. In this conversation of mental health, We know that he has struggled. He's had bipolar episodes in the public eye. He's been open about it. We see it. We know that he struggles years ago from when his mom, Donna West, she went in to get a facelift and she actually died. And so we know the loss of his mother has been something that has been deep rooted in him. From time to time, we see this bizarre behavior from Kanye. Mental health is real. So on that aspect of it, I have compassion and I truly wish the best for Kanye. In that same breath, I feel like Kanye has done some very suspect things in regards to this administration aligning with 45, you know, wearing these hats and just saying some off the wall things. And a lot of the times people are like, oh, he's bipolar. And, you know, it's a part of his bipolar. Mm. Like I, I don't necessarily buy that. Yes, someone may struggle with bipolar and have outbursts and say things that they don't necessarily mean. But giving Kanye West in the sense of this past and we've seen in this last five years when he is allegedly normal and on medication, he still does some 
questionable things, his questionable political choice, his questionable things and stances about how he feels and how he goes about handling different things. I don't necessarily agree with. I am not a person to judge. I can't judge. I've got my own things that I'm dealing with and that I wouldn't want someone to judge me. I just say to Kanye that you have this money, you have this fame, you have the opportunity and the availability to receive treatment, meaningful treatment, and to truly be a beacon uh, of light of mental health and a champion of it. And yet, time and time again, we see these bizarre episodes where you're in the media, now you're running for president. And let's be clear, this country has seen more than enough, more than enough of reality star presidents. And so, given the Black community and some of the things that you said, he held a press conference saying that Harriet Tugman did not actually free the slaves. She only sent them to other white slave owners for them to be slaves to them. Now, sidebar, when he said that, I actually that night I watched the movie Harriet and I had put that off for some time because sometimes I just sometimes, you know, I just have to be in the mood to watch slave movies and to take me there. However, I have to say I watched the movie and it was really, really good. I learned a lot of things that I did not know. And I recommend the Purple Pants Posse to watch the movie Harriet. Back to Kanye. I don't really know what to make of this. One thing that has me concerned is that every time Kanye has one of these bizarre episodes, these manic attacks, these bipolar attacks, it seemed to be followed by an album. And even with him running for president, holding that bizarre, bizarre rally then the next day he went on twitter and was tweeting weird things insinuating that kim kardashian had an affair with meek mill that they were going to have an abortion with their first daughter northwest kim's mom chris jenner is essentially the devil the movie get out was about him weird stuff then a day later he tweets a track list to his upcoming album then deletes it And I'm like, is this all publicity for an album? Because the last time you did something like this, you went on TMZ, had a crazy rant, and somebody got you all the way together. You then released your Christian album. So I don't know. Hard to make of what is going on. We know the Kardashians are great for publicity stunts. I truly hope this is not one. If this is a cry for help, which I believe it is. I truly hope that Kanye West gets the help that he needs. And I really hope that he starts using his platform in a more productive way and realizing that he has millions and millions of people that follow and look up to what he says and that it's important for him to not only state facts, but to use his platform for uplifting and moving people forward. And that's just what I got to say on him. Come on, like, oof, just a lot. What, 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 what? What's the next Purple Pants pick? Purple Pants pick number three. The one and only Sarah asks, what's going on with the possibility of NeNe Leak suing the Bravo TV network? Hollywood Unlocked is saying that while it's speculated that she was fired from The Real Housewives of Atlanta, a franchise that she co-created, NeNe Leakes is now reportedly filing a racial discrimination lawsuit against the network Bravo. Although she never confirmed the allegations, reports claim Leakes was terminated after years of intolerable behavior and insubordination on the set. The rumors emerged after it was revealed that the star wouldn't be back for season 13. A result, Leakes 
claims was due to ongoing negotiations. Meanwhile, she's landed a new show on E! called Glam Squad Showdown. Now, that's a lot. Also, other blog sites are reporting that it is not confirmed that she was fired and that she still may return to the franchise for season 13. And they're still in negotiations. So we don't know. And Nene has posted cryptic messages. So we got to see. But let's be clear, Purple Pants Posse. And I know Jatia probably is very happy with this because she's not a Nene Leaks fan. But here on the Purple Pants Podcast, y'all know I stand for Miss Nene Leaks. I said what I said. And I ain't changing it. So nasty. So rude. Trash box. Bloop! Y'all know I live for a uh, Lanithia Leaks. And if she is not on season 13, then Bravo lost a fan in me. I will not be watching Housewives if Nene is not on there. Now, yes, I know Nene is problematic and she's crazy and she don't do a lot of things, but I love her. I love the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I think she definitely brings a lot to the show. She's one of the last OGs still on a Housewife franchise show. They seem to be getting rid of a lot of the OGs. You know, Vicky left her franchise. Bethany left her franchise. They getting rid of all of the OGs. So I stand with Nene. I love her. And if she ain't there... Baby boy won't be watching. Also, real quick in Housewives news, you know Housewives of Potomac, I believe, is coming on next week. So make sure y'all check that out. You know I live for me some Housewives. It comes on August 2nd, that Sunday. Check it out. What's the next Purple Pants pick? The next Purple Pants pick is from Nasir Holiday on Twitter. He would like to know your opinion regarding whether or not school should be open in September. Purple Pants Posse, y'all is bringing the questions that has been on my mind, okay? And that I got a lot to say about. But I'll be brief. My opinion is schools should not open in September. We see how a lot of these states didn't even fully shut down and open back up. We see Florida, we see Texas, we see California. They at the beaches, they in Atlanta as well. They are just out partying like it's not an issue. We still have people that don't want to wear masks out in public. And we've got governors that are suing mayors of major cities for instituting a mask wearing mandate. I don't get it. I don't understand it. COVID-19 is real. People are dying. I feel like people are making a mockery of it, especially this administration. You got, you've got 45 in office not even talking about it, saying that it's not real, not in, endorsing wearing a mask. And just recently, after the surges have gone up, that they tweeted something about wearing a mask is patriotic. And you just saying it now, and we've been dealing with this since April, since February, please. I don't know about any of you Purple Pants Posse, but I can remember when I was in high school, which was about three years ago. I can remember when one period would end and we would have to get to a next period. The hallways were jam packed. I would literally have to run to make it to get to my next class and I would be swarmed, you know, dipping and diving. So I don't see how it is possible that kids can go back to school safely until there is a vaccination, until there is a decrease in numbers. I truly believe the kids should stay home instead of 45 and his educational secretary, Betsy DeVos, saying they feel like schools should open and leaving it up to each state. Y'all should have been thinking about this back in April, thinking of a plan of how to homeschool on a longer term basis, not now. And we're in the final play 
before the kids go back to school trying to figure out if they should open or not. No, you should have been issuing federal mandates to homeschool and putting more money in school districts to make it more accessible for everyone and to ensure that instruction gets administrated properly. I truly believe that this president only cares about children going back to school because it's an election year. And, you know, he promised to build a wall. Where's the wall? He said that he was taking Obamacare down. Obamacare is still up. The only good thing that he truly had was the economy. And since COVID has happened, the economy has tanked and he needs the economy to get back up. And we know the economy heavily relies on us working class people. And how can us working class people go to work if our children are at home and we can't provide adequate child care since the children are out of school? Meanwhile, over there in Europe, over there in Canada, they've been getting stimulus checks every month. Unlike our country that we just got one stimulus checks almost three months ago, how is a normal person with children supposed to survive off of that? So I truly believe the push to get children back in school is not coming from a, yes, they need education. It's coming from a money standpoint and that he wants to boost the economy so that it looks good for him is my opinion. So I don't think it's safe for children to go back to school. I've been, you know, trying to teach my godchildren and my nieces and nephews different little reading book clubs and really trying to be a community support for my friends and family. All right, I think we're up to number five. What's the fifth Purple Pants pick? Number five from your Carter show on Instagram. She writes, as your accountability partner, In my mind, I've got to bring to your attention that I haven't seen as many running posts on your social media like normal. What's going on, baby boy? Yes, Purple Pants Posse, you better hold your baby boy accountable. I love it. Yeah, you got me. I've not been running as often as I would like to, as often as I like to do. And I know running is a form of meditation for me. Running is a form of therapy for me. And I haven't really been doing that. And I've been stressed out the last couple of weeks, just dealing with a lot of the hecticness of my work schedule, my personal life, family issues, trying to build a brand, try to be a better me. And I haven't really been putting the personal time in for myself. So thank you so much, accountability partner. I am definitely aware of it. I'm glad that you're aware of it. And I'm glad that you're calling me to the carpet. Your baby boy is going to do better and keep holding me accountable. Because we go together. What's the final Purple Pants pick? The final Purple Pants pick of this week comes from Spider-Man Says. He says, hey, Bryce, I'm curious about how Barb picked her son's names. Are you named after anyone? Wow, what a great question. I don't believe that I'm named after anyone. I do know that when my mom and dad were married and they were having children, they wanted a uniformism. Okay, I know I just made that word up, but you know what I'm trying to say. Like they wanted uniform in their children. But really, my mom and dad was just really courty. My dad's name, Bernie Johnston. My mom's name at the time was Barbara Johnston. So they had four boys and they wanted us to be the BJs. So my older brother's names are Brian Johnston, Bevan Johnston, Brendan Johnston, and your baby boy, Bryce Johnston. So I don't think I was named after anyone. They just wanted B names. I do know that when my mom was pregnant with me, she tossed up the name Blake. So could you imagine your baby boy as a Blake? 
or you think I'm more a Bryce. You let me know, guys. Tweet me, DM me, and keep me posted. This is going to conclude this week's Purple Pants Pick. Be on the lookout Saturday mornings to my Instagram page, Bryce Isaiah, when I post up the picture of those purple jeans. Get your topic in. Let's keep this menu rolling. The following message is brought to you by... Give me a B. B. Give me an A. Hey! Give me an R. R. Give me a B. 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 Let me hear it. B. A. R. B. Bar. 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 B. A. R. B. Bar. 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 Hi. This is Miss Barb. And I'm here to once again share a few words with you. If you feel sad in this time, then feel it. If you feel grateful in this time, then feel it. Let's not shame each other for feeling different things. If you feel you need to grieve, or if you feel you need to laugh, or if you need to keep busy, or you need to spend more time daydreaming, then that is more than just fine. Let's not shoot each other down, because we all have different ways of dealing with the present stress. Mental health is what matters. Let's just support each other as we all tend to our mental health in different and personal ways. Love you. Thanks, Mommy, for another much-needed Bob's message. If you got something out of Barb's message this week, make sure you tweet me, message me, send me a DM and let me know because you know I always share your comments with Miss Barb. Who's the freak? Who's the freak? Who's the freak of the week? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that freaky, freaky, freak? Who's the freak of the week? Might be me, might be you, might be. And we have found our way to this week's freak of the week. Might be me, might be you, might be us. Can we just take a moment to appreciate Jason Curtis Rivera and all of my intro songs? Okay, they are bops. You hear me? I be finding myself in the middle of the day working on a work email being like, welcome to church. It's a church announcement. Give me a B, A, R, B. Freak, might be, might be you, might be me. Yeah, Purple Pants Posse, please let me know if y'all be singing some of these theme songs, okay? But anyway, let's get back to the freak, the freak, the freak of the week. So this week's freak of the week is a special one in the sense of, you know me, I normally be scrolling through the Insta and I see something that, pops out or catches my eye. However, this week's Freak of the Week is another double dipper and this week's Freak of the Week found its way to me. Keeping in the conversation of allyship, I thought it was important for me to have this week's Freak of the Week be an ally. Now, yes, this week's Freak of the Week is 
most certainly an ally, most certainly annoying, most certainly get on my nerves, most certainly makes me mad sometimes. But at the end of the day, this week's Freak of the Week is somebody who is a good person and is always being an ally to someone else, always using his voice to help uplift others. Now, at the same time, this person is hella crazy, but I love his type of crazy. So let's get into this story. I'm minding my business this week. You know, baby boy be working. I'm in the middle of a work call and my phone goes off like boom. And I'm like, what's that? And I check my Instagram notifications and it says someone's tagged you in their story. So I go, I open the Instagram and along behold, it is nobody but the war dog tagging me in his story. And of course, the story that the war dog is tagging me in is a thirst trap. The war dog just got done one of his home workouts. He's feeling good. Okay. He got his shirt off. And I believe the caption was, dedicated to Zaddy Isaiah and all the War Dogs man fans. And this man actually is a video and he actually winks in the video. I'm like, War Dog, you are so crazy. He he crazy, y'all. But at the same time, his type of crazy is the type of crazy I like. And, you know, a year ago in the maiden voyage, his name remained nameless. But here this week on the Purple Pants podcast, he is most definitely the freak of the week. And in the allyship, he's not one of these heterosexual guys who can't take gay men or other men admiring him. He welcomes it. We know the war dog loves love from any and everybody. So, yeah. War Dog, you is the freak of the week, baby. So if you guys, any of you follow him on social media, make sure you go to that page and just put the hashtag freak of the week. And I will make sure that when this podcast comes out on the Purple Pants podcast Instagram page, I am going to post that video. So y'all know he the freak of the week, baby. Yes. But wait a minute. That means if we got the freak of the week. That means we are coming to an end of another amazing podcast. Before we go, I just want to say that I am extremely proud of this podcast here and talking about allyship and having my friends Wendell and Rodney come on and have very open, vulnerable conversations about our friendship and their willingness to allow an intimate relationship with me and not caring about what the world thinks and truly accepting me for myself. I hope that this podcast can reach someone. I hope that someone listening can think about something in a different way is truly my hope. Please listen to this podcast with an open heart. And you know, we out here, baby, until next week. But before I go, Please make sure you subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify Podcasts. Make sure you write a review. Make sure you give your baby boy some five stars and tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell your grandma to tell your cousin to tell your brother. Everyone be safe. Be well. Make sure you are an ally. Won't you be my ally? Issa. Issa. It's the purple pants, it's the purple pants, it's the purple pants podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the purple pants podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's the purple pants podcast. You trying to unwind, you better get that box wine. It's the purple pants podcast. You trying to get your snack, you better hurry right back though. It's the purple pants, it's the purple pants.